0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little bit.
1: It has. Yeah, we didn't really plan that, but uh, it just kind of happened that way.
0: Yeah. We kind of left you on such a suspense, I think, the last um, podcast episode about exciting news. Well, y'all are just going to have to keep waiting for that exciting news, unfortunately. We can't, we can't share anything, unfortunately, but we would appreciate your prayers for this opportunity that we have. Um, like I said, we can't really talk too much about it, but prayers are appreciated.
1: Yeah, basically the opportunity that we kind of had we thought just completely fell through and fell apart, but it it seems like it's just going to be uh, an extended postponement, which is good news. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll let you know when we can.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I know what it's like when you want to know something so bad, but believe me, it'll be worth the wait for sure. But let's see, what's been going on this week?
1: This week, I know it's been hot as heck outside. Mm-hmm. I think Monday was probably, what, 95 degrees?
0: I don't know. It was up there.
1: Yes, and I work outside all the time, so it's, yeah. It's, Taking a toll. It's definitely middle of the week, and it's like, yeah, I'm feeling feeling tired and feeling drained from the heat. I feel like I'm pounding so much water every day, but it's just, I mean, it, I mean it, it, there's really not much you can do. It's going to drain you of your energy.
0: Yeah, and you don't really get a break because you wake up early, you go to work. You come home for two seconds, and then you have to go work on your race car.
1: Two seconds. Literally two seconds? It's,
0: it, that's what it feels like. I blink my eyes, and he's gone, guys.
1: Wow. Because I changed clothes in that time, too. So I'm, maybe I'm like <laughs> you, like when you do those quick changes for, for your dance. dance. Yeah.
0: Or yeah. you're like the flash.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, you're, you're gone almost every night leading up to the race on Saturday working on your car. Is that normal for short track racing?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean... We're not like these cup guys who, I mean, okay, I'm sure they do work, you know, when they're at the shop and stuff during the week, but I don't think they're, you know, having to do it to the extent that us guys racing at Bowman Gray, Carraway, Ace, you know, late model, modified guys have to do, because, I mean, I know I have to work a regular job. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, like racing does not pay the bills at this point. Like, if anything, it's it takes money. Right. Um, so I wait, normally just kind of lay it out for you. I wake up around 7, go to work, and I usually start working like 7.45 every day. I get off between 5 and 6 every day if it's not crazy busy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Come home, grab some dinner. For
0: two seconds. <laughs> for two seconds. Mm-hmm.
1: In these two seconds, I grab dinner. I change clothes. <laughs> I kiss my wife. I leave, <laughs> and then I'm off to the race shop, and um, that's where me, Brian, Carson, um, a lot of people just kind of pitch in, and a lot of people on my crew pitch in and help during the week after the regular jobs, and then I'm staying there till eleven, twelve, twelve thirty at night, and that's that's every day of the week pretty much.
0: Yeah, but it's worth it, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, especially when you can you can accomplish something that you've set out to accomplish for sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. And we have a
1: good time doing it.
0: Yeah. And I'm learning a lot about racing now. I mean, we've been married almost two years, two years in August. And y'all, when I first met him, I knew nothing about racing. And I would say in these two years, I've learned a lot more. Are you proud of me?
1: I am. You were totally, you were so green. Like you had, you had nothing.
0: <laughs> oh. No
1: knowledge of racing at all, really. No, um, you've come a long point. way, and you're still learning a lot. So
0: yeah, that's... I'm enjoying it. The more I learn, the more I appreciate the sport. So
1: yeah, just seeing what all goes into it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. For me, I'm actually off of work this month, um, so I kind of have a lot of time on my hands. So. You know me, I don't know how to rest that well, even though I'm trying. Um, I've lined up some privates. I'll be teaching some dance privates and um, just focusing on the podcast. Um, Hopefully focusing on my YouTube channel. Again, I've kind of neglected that these past few months and then possibly focusing on my blog. And Carson actually gave John the idea of me vlogging kind of what happens on Saturdays. So if that's something you guys are interested in to kind of see the behind the scenes of what it's like um leading up to the race then go ahead and let us know either on our instagram page it is good podcast or um in the reviews whatever let us know what you want to see
1: yeah we'll uh we'll have to see how that works out you know us race car drivers we don't we we like as little cameras around as possible
0: (laughs) yeah i'll see what i can do i'll see what i can do if this is what you're interested in guys if you're not, then I'm not gonna do it. But
1: but that I mean that's kind of like what we wanted to tell tell y'all too. Um, you know, this podcast is we're gonna kind of at least during race season um, give you some insights of the behind the scenes stuff, what goes on during the week, what goes on you know at the races on Saturday in the pits that you know the average race fan wouldn't know. Um, you know, coverage you don't see from your media outlets
0: but from me <laughs> but from us yeah I mean
1: let us be your media outlet for this yeah. stuff um, I think it'll be really cool really insightful let the fans um, get a little more knowledge um, feel like they're more of a part of it um, and even you know friends and family that may not you know have a lot of knowledge about what we do and what what all happens and how much goes into it I think this will really, this will really bring some light to it and help uh, you see it in a new way and have maybe even have a new level of respect for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't vlog this past Saturday because it was a big Saturday, wasn't it? It was, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that more um, after the devotion part of the podcast, which we'll get into now. Um, but yeah, lots to talk about um, what happened this past Saturday. So I am in Luke. Luke chapter 1 verse 37 and of course I'm in my Thrive Bible but if you have a Bible, if you have the Bible app, go ahead and take it out and yeah we're going to be in this verse and this devotion is called Only Through God. The scripture says, for the word of God will never fail. The love letter from God says, beloved child, nothing is impossible for me. I want you to dream bigger. I want you to make plans that can't be accomplished without my help. Plans that bring others to me. You live in a world filled with important work to be done. I made you to be my ambassador of hope and an example of my grace. I will do great things through you so those who see you will know that you are mine. Dream big and pray for my Holy Spirit to be active in the work you do so your plan and my power become one. Love your Heavenly Father. The Reflection says, God's words will never fail, which means nothing is impossible for God. If our plans don't need God to make them happen, then they are not from God. If we are completely dependent on him, he has the opportunity to work through us and show the world who he is. The treasure of truth says, if you do not need God to accomplish it, then it is not from God.
1: Yeah, I think we kind of chose this devotion um, because it hit home for for us when we thought that opportunity we were so excited to tell you guys about um, was completely squashed and just wasn't going to happen. Um, but now, you know, I think it's even more um, cool to read this devotion because we know that it's just, it's not a wasted opportunity. It's something that will happen just later than maybe we planned or we expected it to. So, you know, maybe that is God working and showing us that this can be done, but only in his timing and um, with his, in, his, in his way, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really, I, I know we really appreciate that at a deeper level.
0: Yeah, what really hit home for me, and we hear this a lot, but to really let it sink in um, when it said, nothing is impossible for me, meaning nothing is impossible for God. And then it proceeds to say, I want you to dream bigger. I want you to make plans that can't be accomplished without my help, plans that bring others to me so often i feel like we put god in a box and our version of putting god in a box is basically saying hey god well this is what i want to happen and this is when i want it to happen and i feel like that's putting him in a box because we don't even know what he has in store for us but we think we know what we want i mean he could be laughing at us thinking oh i have so much more for you in store just you wait and just you trust me and In my Jesus time last night, the Lord was really just encouraging me um, in the waiting to not get discouraged in the waiting because I think that's so easy for us um to get to get discouraged to feel like what we're dreaming about what we're praying about is impossible and it's not happening and we're wondering god are you even listening to me i don't feel close to you because you're not answering my prayers but really he just wants us to hold his hand and walk with him through the waiting to turn to him through the waiting to get closer to him through the waiting because his timing is perfect and his timing is really protection for us um, and I've seen that through my life, like through so many different instances. And I feel like you can say the same.
1: Yeah, I definitely can. Um, <clears throat> I was just kind of thinking as you were talking there, um, I don't know. I just kind of want to remind everybody to keep a, keep a big picture perspective on life. Um, I, I actually forgot about this, Rachel, I didn't even get to share with you. Um, I believe it was Monday morning. I walk into work and, um. I was making my coffee in the break room and the guy comes in and he says, how you doing this morning? I was like, oh, I'm all right. I'm here. He's like, no, you're better than all right."
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, um, there was a friend of mine that I um, had kind of seen him passing. Um, he kind of delivered to him. I, I believe he delivered to him pretty frequently. You know, if you guys don't know, I work at FedEx and you know, we deliver packages to people all the time and stuff. So we kind of get to know these people and, it was one of these people that he delivered to pretty frequently. He said the uh, kid was like 27 years old, um, went and bought. I want to say he bought, he bought some really fast car. I can't remember what it was now. I can't remember what he said. But him and his buddy were driving really fast after he bought it. Had a couple kids, wife, stuff like this. And, in the car? Or just, no, no, no uh, not in the car. Okay. Um, just him and his buddy in the car. can't remember if he said his buddy lived or not, but they hit a tree. And oh, my gosh. And the 27-year-old guy ended up passing away over the weekend. <gasps> um oh, so he was like he kind of just really checked me right there at like 6 30 in the morning on monday it was like dang i definitely need to be a little more grateful for you know quote unquote just being here you know and um have a bigger perspective on things so i don't know it just kind of hit me i just want to throw that out there you know if you think you're having a bad day like there's definitely somebody out there having a worse day than you, somebody going through something. Mm-hmm. Um, not to downgrade what you're going through, but just uh, kind of keep a bigger perspective.
0: You have a bigger influence on people than you think. You know, even though this guy was just delivering to him, like he was his delivery driver, and just because he delivered to this guy, like, I'm, you know – he meant a lot to him to bring it up to John. Like it's a life lesson, I think for all of us to really don't take each day for granted because I know it's cliche to say this, but we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And also just an encouragement could be what you are living in right now is something that you prayed for a long ago. So, just know that you are in a blessing of some sort, something that you prayed for long ago. That's what you're walking in right now. Or
1: maybe somebody else even prayed over it for you.
0: That's right, yeah. That's why community is so important to have those prayer warriors praying for you. Um, So just have that as an encouragement. If you are waiting for something, just know like there are blessings that you are living in right now that you have and not all is lost. Um, Yeah, so anyway... That's our little devotion for today. That's what was on our hearts. That's what we wanted to encourage you guys with. But I want to talk about this past weekend. What happened? John won. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited. I'm just like gonna spit it out. Um, John won his first modified win this past Saturday.
1: Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a really crazy night. Honestly, you know, people would just sit in the stands watching, be like, well. It didn't really seem too crazy. It just seemed kind of methodical, you know. You started here, finished there, yeah, and stuff you, like that. So you
0: qualified eleventh, and you finished eleventh for the first race. Yeah.
1: So let's let's start let's start where we qualified. Okay. All right. So in practice, um, they got me on the stopwatch running a thirteen seventy two. All right. Which, if you're not familiar, like that's how many seconds and milliseconds it takes to get around Bowman Gray Stadium. So that was with like 35 laps on your tires and you know in theory like you lose that track time as the more laps you get on your tires the slower you will go around the track because you lose grip you know you lose speed that's just part of it. So we had about 35 laps 30 laps on those tires running that 1372 or whatever it was 1370 something. Well, Tim who Tim Brown qualified on the pole with a 1380 Okay, so the 1372 I turned was in practice. Now, he went out and qualified at a 1380. So we're thinking, man, we got a good shot at this. Because we didn't even have new tires on. Because you put new tires on to go qualify. mm So I go out there, and, uh, well, first off, it was crazy. Like, I don't know what happened, if qualifying snuck up on us or what, but we were trying to get the car prepared for qualifying, and, like, it was, like, very last minute. Like, the officials were yelling at us, telling us to get out there.
0: Oh, yeah, they were. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're not ready. Like, a couple officials came over to you guys. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: (laughs) So I'm, like, driving, like, a bat out of Hades out of the pit stall to get (laughs) get out on the track. And so when I get on the track, I'm like, okay, I just got to settle down, run my qualifying lap. So, the first lap, I go into turn one, and it just feels like I'm on ice. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, this is not how the car felt in practice, and we didn't do anything. Mm. Um, so, I just kind of tried to salvage the lap the best I could. We ended up running a 14, I believe it was a 1418 yeah, in qualifying. Like that. Like that. Okay, so that's almost half a second slower than what we turned in practice on older tires.
0: Now, all of you, uh, people that really don't know a lot about racing, you think, oh, that's not bad at all,
1: but half a second (laughs) is monumental in racing. Like a 10th of a second is like, that can be the difference between first and fifth place. One tenth of a second. So, you know, it's a little is a lot when it comes to this. Um, so we were like half a second slower on new tires. And I, I mean, I told Brian, I was like, man, we sucked. I don't know what was going on there. I have no idea. I felt like I was on ice. I just went down the corner, sideways, pushed the nose, the Nose didn't want to, the front end didn't want to turn. I don't know. So we got to looking, and my dad noticed there was some fluid under the car. We were like, huh, what's that from? And we went to looking under the car, and we had a cracked front brake line. So not only did I not have front brakes, so think about this. You're going in the corner. You don't have front brakes. The rear brakes are the only thing engaging so that's gonna make you really free like it's gonna kick the rear end of the car around a lot not only do we have that going on but we were throwing fluid on the tires too because all that fluid was just spewing out so it was just it was just a bad deal you know it's nothing anybody could help mechanical failures happen you know uh so we're scrambling around scrambling around trying to get this brake line fixed nobody has the parts we need and we ended up finally coming up with a solution. We had to put a, a steel braided line on the front um, for the front brakes because we couldn't find anybody with hard lines. We couldn't find anybody with the, the right flaring tool to get the brake line like we needed to.
0: Y'all were running around like crazy oh trying my gosh. to find what you needed. It was
1: crazy. So
0: I was praying so hard <sighs> that you would find what you needed.
1: And We ended up making what we had work. Um, so... We barely got the car fixed in time for the first race, okay? So you can just imagine this whole, like, past two, three hours. This has just been crazy. So we barely get the car fixed to go out there and make the first race. So we started 11th. We were way faster than the guys in front of us, but we just couldn't go anywhere without driving through them, and we weren't going to do that. We respect those guys. um, So we just took what we could get. But in that process, everybody had stacked up, At one point, and I didn't have time to slow down, and my bumper got messed up pretty bad. And we're between races now. So I finished 11th, and we had two 25 lap races. So there's only one 20 lap race between my two races. So we have like maybe 15 minutes to get everything fixed. Not a lot of time. And get back out on the track. Well, they're working on fixing the bumper. um, And then somebody comes down and says, Hey, the invert is 12, so basically, whoever finished 12th in the first race will start first in the second race. Whoever finished 11th in the first race starts second in the second race. It's a it's an invert of the top 12 is what it is. Hmm. And I finished 11th, so I'm starting outside pole in second position,
0: which is where you like. <laughs> you like the outside. <laughs> I
1: mean, we make it work somehow. So you know, I wasn't I wasn't mad about that because I, I have you know I've grown a little comfortable starting on the outside. <laughs> So now we're really, like, we've got to get this car fixed. we got to get this bumper fixed. Mm-hmm. It messed up the front horns, everything, like, which is what the front bumper bolts to. So they're working their tails off down there, trying to get it fixed. And then Brian notices that there's rear-end grease under the back of the car. And we're like, what now? Mm. So all of the rear-end gear bolts that hold the, the gears in on the back, the gear casing, there's, like, I don't know, like 15, 14, 15 of them or something. I don't know, there's a lot. There's more than 10. And all of them backed out except two or three. So we poured all of our rear end grease out during that first race. Oh, my. And there's, like, no rear end grease left in the car. We're lucky the gears didn't try to pop out, which they probably couldn't, honestly. But we're really more lucky than anything that we didn't burn up the rear end running dry with no grease. So we got one guy under there. He's laying in a puddle of grease. He's trying to fix that. So we do all this. And they are already done with the race that was between us, and we're still on jack stands. So once again, the officials are over there hollering at us, you guys got to go, you got to go, or you're not going to be able to start where you're supposed to be able to start, which is second. So we got down there just in time, got the car pieced together just enough, and we knew starting second in that race that if we were going to win that race, that we were going to have to pass him on the start of that race because track position is so important, and, and it's so hard to pass on those short races. So we were able to get the job done. And um, we started outside pole and by lap, we let, actually led every lap because we beat him to the line every lap. Um, but we actually cleared him for position. I believe it was lap two. And we never looked back. I mean, we just kept stretching out our lead. We had one caution. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a really great had a really strong restart. I think we ended up winning by like a straightaway. I mean, we finally got to flex that muscle that we showed in practice earlier in the day before we had all those issues. And it it was just really cool to kind of see how all that hard work came together. And, you know, sitting sitting in the stands, you wouldn't have noticed any of that. You would have just thought Mm -hmm. we had a bad qualifying run. Mm -hmm. We weren't good in the first race. And then we only won because of the draw in the second race. Mm -hmm. But that's not really the case at all. We had the fastest car in practice. Yeah. And we probably should have qualified the pole and won the first race. But you know, the Lord worked it out in our favor where all that bad stuff happened for a reason. We persevered through it. We worked hard. We stuck together. The crew did a great job sticking together mm-hmm. and we were able to get the win. And I was able to notch my first modified win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm. you know, if you know anything about, about racing, then the earlier you get that first win in the season, man, that pressure's off. Then you can just really go race and be free and not have all that tension and pressure on your shoulders. and uh, glad we could knock that out second week of the year
0: oh yeah definitely and uh so i'm in the pits most of the time but then when john races i go and sit in the stands with some friends and i've learned my lesson i mean in the past i know if it looks like he's about to win and there's like a few laps to go then i'll get you know i'll start walking to victory lane (laughs) i waited until he crossed the finish line with the checkered flag i booked it i was in turn two i was in turn two yep I booked it. I had to run up these steps. Guys, I need to work on my endurance or something. I was running. I was screaming. People probably thought I was crazy, but I guess I like blended in with everyone. (laughs) Like running and screaming, looking like a crazy person and I got there, but boy, I felt like I was going to throw up, but it was so, so exciting. And that's why we're really excited to be, like, incorporating the racing section in our podcast just to kind of give you the behind-the-scenes of kind of really what happened, you know, or what, what's happening in these races that you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I think that's pretty neat, and I hope y'all are enjoying that, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think you guys will enjoy this, and uh, it'll be a cool little debrief each week to kind of just go over everything that happened and... uh mm-hmm. Somebody asked me the other day, has it set in yet that you want a modified race at Bowman Gray Stadium? And I was like, I got to thinking about it. And I think when it started to sit in was when somebody I watched win races growing up. I mean, I can't say I ever pulled for him. I was always a Junior Miller fan. But uh, Burt Myers was driving by as he was leaving the pits. And um, at the end of the night, after I would, was done signing autographs, we were loading the trailers up. And he said hey come here and I, I couldn't see who it was and I walk up to the truck and I realized it was Bert and uh he was just he was just telling me congratulations uh you know you never get to win your first race twice and just to soak it in and really appreciate it um make sure I really embrace the moment mm-hmm. and uh um, mm-hmm. that was really cool Bert's helped me out in the past um we raced last year he helped me get some parts together that I couldn't find everything was you know on back order because of COVID and Um, he helped me actually get to the racetrack. So that was pretty cool. He's, he's always shown me a lot of respect and I've always shown it right back to him. Um, so that was pretty cool to, to get that kind of congratulatory message from him. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that was, uh. That was a pretty cool moment for me.
0: Yeah, very cool. We brought the trophy home that night, and John sticks it right in the center of the coffee table. (laughs) Not in the ideal spot to put the trophy, but I let him do it. I mean, come on. He was super excited. I was super excited. And, um, yeah, it's just awesome. I'm so excited for him. I think, was it not last year because you didn't, you know, race at Bowman Gray because of Mm -hmm. COVID and all, but the the year before that, you hadn't won that season.
1: No, and that was the first year since I was – 10 years old like mm-hmm. when I started racing at 10 years old I won every year that I've ever raced <clears throat> and yeah 2019 we just had a lot of bad luck and we were in the lead a few times things happened just just never worked out for us and uh, we were actually leading our first ever modified race passed on the outside to win that race a couple laps to go and the dude we passed for the lead just completely ran me over um kind of spoiled that deal but um you know it's all good what comes around goes around so <laughs> racers have long memories
0: yeah oh man so yeah i guess it was the second second race of the of the season that you that you won
1: this year yep yeah, fourth year. fourth modified start at bowman gray yep
0: wow that is awesome super cool we hope you guys are having a good week we actually found some good news of the week for you guys in case you needed a little helpful helpful little pick-me-up of encouragement john found some cool good news
1: this is actually like really crazy it's kind of it's really funny um okay so this is the title all right two days after her wedding bride donates kidney to new husband's ex
0: What in the world? I did not know what the story was about beforehand. I'm not going to put
1: their last names on here, but it says, When Debbie married Jim on November 22nd, she described it as being the most amazing day of her life until two days later. That was also the most amazing day of her life, she said. It wasn't because they arrived at a fabulous honeymoon destination on November 24th Debbie went to a Florida hospital. Why do all these crazy stories happen in Florida? I don't know. Like it's always a yeah. Florida man or something. Something. So she went to a Florida hospital and donated one of her kidneys to Mylene. Is that you think that's how you say that?
0: Mylene. I don't even see where it says Mylene.
1: Right there. Mylene, I guess. Maybe.
0: I've never I don't heard know. that
1: name. We're going to call her Mylene. All right. Her new husband's ex-wife. Before they began the donation process, the women were friendly. Mylene and Jim share two children in are own good terms, but they're not close. Debbie, the new wife, said she wanted to make sure Mylene was able to meet her first grandchild and also remembered the pain she felt when her brother died of cystic fibrosis before he could receive a double lung transplant. Debbie's kidney donation, Mylene said, came straight from her heart. I mean, I think it came from her kidney, but... Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The women now call each other kidney sisters. Wow. <laughs> and look forward to taking their blended family on a summer trip to Georgia.
0: Wow. You can't make this stuff up.
1: So, yeah. I mean, that's actually, like, it's funny, but it's really cool. Like, it's really, like when you think about that, she wanted, you know, her mm-hmm. husband's ex-wife to be able to see her first grandchild. Like, that's such a selfless yeah. thing. Yeah. Not only to say, but to take action, donate your own kidney to do it. Exactly. My gosh. Wow. It's really cool. That's
0: inspiring.
1: But of course, that would happen in Florida. (laughs) Of course. Like it's always like, Florida man, naked Florida man rides alligator down Main Street or something. You know, it's always like something crazy.
0: I've never heard that before.
1: It's always something. It's always like it's always the headlines about a Florida man doing something just nobody would even think of doing.
0: Yeah. Well, if you want to see crazy, go to Florida. I guess. Honestly, like
1: here's a here's a fun thing y'all could do. Go to Google and type in Florida man. And just look at all the headlines. Like I've actually done it before, and it's really entertaining. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Your homework for this week, if you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's been a good episode. I, I like the way this this unfolded with kind of the debrief with the race, and um, you know, with our own mix of what we we had been doing previously. Anyways, uh, I think this is something that we will continue to do, and you guys give us some feedback on it and let us know what you think yeah
0: we'll talk to you next week guys see you next week bye